listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 147 on it. Why, why did we start laughing, Jerry? Like, just, the, man, just like the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay, are you ready, Jerry? Yeah. Okay. Ed Gamer, episode 147 on EdReach. Katya and Kathy explain what is needed for EdTech success in the classroom. This is Ed Gamer for Wednesday, November 19th, 2014. Ed Gamer is part of the EdReach network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. That's a lot. Those are lovely voices too, by the way. Aww. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. I'm Katya. And I'm Kathy. Katya, tell us a Hi. little bit about yourself. So my name is Katya Hot, and currently I'm the user testing lead at BrainPop, and I'm also the project manager of BrainPop's games portal, GameUp. Um, and I come from a teaching background. I used to teach English language learners uh, before I worked as a content producer at Eline Media doing more game stuff, specifically working on GameStar Mechanic, which is a game that teaches kids how to make their own games. So I'm totally entrenched in the EdTech game world. And we thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Kathy? Hi, I'm Kathy Uberic. Um, I also am a former educator for about um, 11 years in K through 8. I uh, did a few years in Michigan and then uh, taught middle school in Los Angeles. Um, I started off as uh, working in a group to bring um, STEM and digital media to the classroom and found that um, there wasn't anything that I really liked using that much. This was about 15 years ago, so um, when I was deciding on my next steps in education, um, I decided to go to NYU. I studied digital media design, and now I'm the educator experience lead at Classroom Inc. And so we design uh, literacy learning games for struggling readers, and we make a connection between work and the classroom by putting the students in the role of a professional in the workplace. Very cool. And we have a mutual friend, Heather, which now that I'm thinking about it, we probably should have told her yeah, that we were doing this because now she's going to get mad. She's like, why did you tell us? So, yeah. Well, Heather, shout out to you. Okay. Yes, hi, Heather. <laughs> Jerry. My name is Jerry, and I'm a visual arts educator from Chambre, Illinois. And this is my mustache. Which will work itself into a beard for December beard, and finally something for January. Gotcha. And you're just Jerry. Yeah. Right. Okay. No last name or anything. Just just Jerry. No, I'm not using one these days. <laughs> okay. Okay. Prince symbol. Okay. And uh, my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And a uh, couple got a couple of news items here. Uh, before we get into uh, what our guests bring to the table today, tonight. Uh, but we have a huge update on EdReach, and we're doing some, um, uh, some updates to the website and kind of moving in a direction of, you know, Jerry, uh, you know, we've been doing this now. You know it's going to be four years this spring. 
you're muted. <laughs> Maybe I'm just really good at moving my lips without any sound coming out. Yeah. So it's weird just... that I've spent uh, almost <laughs> as much time with you as I did in high school. Okay. On that note, yeah, that's good, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I thank you for it. But see, here's the deal, though. We're making a huge update, and we're not actually going to be able to post this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher until after December 7th. So, but this will be out on YouTube. It's live now. It'll be, you know, accessible out there uh, in YouTube land. But the other thing that I guess that EdReach is moving towards, which I, I think both of you, uh, Kathy and Katya, would be interested in, is that we're looking at ways for others out there that are wanting to do uh, podcasts and uh, digital media, a way for uh, anybody to come and and use this platform and be able to post and, and share out. So that's kind of a new direction for EdReach, which is could be quite interesting because there's got to be people out there that do this better than us, Jerry. I don't know. I mean, our guests are amazing. Our guests are super amazing, but, you know, yeah, there's got to be somebody. So just a FYI, and I'm sure you'll hear more news about that. At least they have the last major post on EdReach is our post, so that, you know, that worked out pretty well. We've gotten a lot more hits that way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tomorrow, let's see, not tomorrow, Saturday, I have my, uh, my fall family tabletop game day. And, Jerry, for the listeners out there, you guys know I've been averaging about 50 to 60 kids every other Friday in my after-school game club, which That's is awesome. awesome, which I thoroughly love. Uh, Katia and, and Kathy, do you guys board game at all? Uh, rarely. I'm usually video game. Video games, okay. You know, Cards Against Humanity, anything like that? I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's on my... Uh... Seriously? Shelf over there. It's, there's the, so there's a board game quadrant in the board game thing. A quadrant. I like that. Yeah, I don't know if you can see that, but I like um, that. But yeah, no, they uh, they're they're not as used. Yeah, not as used. Kathy, I uh, started with a bunch of board games and tabletop games um, because that was before there was computers. <laughs> yes, I know so. that time period, ancient that you speak yes. of. Was I'm from that era. And it still is, and so I guess I do play with. Um, yeah, it's oh. what's really nice is that we have some uh, parents that come in and help out. Um, and we actually have a local game shop that's been coming in and helping, and that's been that's been really cool. So looking forward to that on Saturday, and uh, our next podcast we'll we'll talk about that and see how that see how that's turned out. Hopefully we'll get a, a big turnout. Um, something that um, I guess I probably should put this. I think it's in the right order. Mindshift has been putting out a lot of of articles and. Um, Jared, do you have those? Hold up. They got oh, yeah, yeah, they got desperate out there, so they interviewed me for one of them, uh, which is the uh, oh, you pulled up that one. Is that the right one? Oh, the digital games and learning guide. This is huge. This is a, a a big PDF that has research. Anybody that's interested in games and learning, you really need to go to this link and download this this guide. Um, it is how many pages is it, Jerry? I don't. You, I don't think you. Let's see. It's 41 pages. Huh. 
Gotcha. That's impressive. I mean, there's a lot of pictures and stuff, but I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. It, there's a there's a part that says, "Here's a preview of the table of contents." Anytime you can have a preview of the table <laughs> of contents, that's a long article. It is, and but what, like I said, what is really cool is that they have uh, research that's involved in this, and they also have um, you know actual involvement of teachers, which I was lucky enough to uh, to be involved with that. So that was that was really cool. They've been really they they've been working hard. On this, on this guide. Uh, the other thing that they did, um, which is the other article, Understanding Game-Based Learning, Game-Based Education, is I was in there. Nope, that's not it either. What did I put it in here, Jerry? Uh, oh, it skipped to the last next page. How, how, I'm sorry. How did digital, how digital games help teachers make connections to lessons and students? It's down at the bottom. I'm sorry. Sick. I'm sorry, Jerry. You got to keep up. You throw the whole thing off here. Yeah, this is this is pretty cool. This is uh, so um, uh, Katrina Schwartz uh, from MindShift interviewed me and another teacher, and uh, Karen Swark, and I, she's in Alberta, Canada, and she used Nintendo uh, DSs, so which is pretty cool. I talked about using Civilization Four in the classroom, but she did a wonderful job putting this article together so just more information to especially showing administrators that hey uh, games uh, do work and there are ways to use them and there are people out there that can help you and using those in your classroom so sorry Jerry that I had that in the wrong order oh it's okay all I'm gonna do is we're gonna play a small game called one of Zach's quotes or not one of Zach quotes and I'm gonna read random things from this article you have to, no, okay, we won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're awesome, Jerry. Okay, and the next one, which is actually in order, uh, the 23 best game-based education resources. Hey, do you recognize that person? You, you don't remember. Danny? Uh, is this is an it, open question, or is this... No, I don't know. I guess it's everybody, but is it? it's not Hero. It's Hero? Do uh, ladies, do you know? Mm. She's she was at uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and then she went out east. I think it was in the Carolinas. So that's the picture at the beginning there. So, but there's tons of resources here that anybody could use. But this article is just chocked full of stuff. In fact, there is one here from um, NYU, no NYC schools use uh, games to teach computer coding. So. Like I said, these are just wonderful resources that are out there. I just wanted to quickly kind of go through those. They'll be since we're not putting this out on the on the website EdReach site. I will actually put these links in the um, on the Google Hangout page and also on the YouTube uh, on the YouTube. Yes, because I use the internet. Oh, oh my goodness! Gracious. Finally done it on the YouTubes. <laughs> Wow. Then we will tweet it on the Sound, Twitter. On the <laughs> does it flutter on the Twitter? Okay. Hey, so uh, I went to last week. I went to IETC, which is the Illinois Education and Technology Conference in Springfield, Illinois, my old stopping stomping grounds. And there were two presenters there that really. Um, I felt feel like I need to share, and one is um, there's a project called Illinois Veterans and Community Classroom 
project. You got me, Jerry? Well, I get you. Trying but to keep you active. Somebody added like seven links after we started the show. Where, where have you been? Where have you been? So this is, I know this is not gaming, but this is such an important um, project to me. Uh, as my father, a uh, Korean War vet, and my grandfather on my father's side that was a World War II veteran. Uh, my father-in-law was v in Vietnam. Uh, I have a lot of family members that are that served our country. What is really cool is that uh, there is a national movement to gather World War II uh, videos, uh, videos of, of veterans that served. And on this site alone, there are over 400 from the state of Illinois, which is super, super cool. Um, there was a winner last year uh, video that had one of the Navajo Code Talkers. And uh, it was very well done. You, if you're interested in uh, Veterans Affairs and projects that can uh, outreach to, to your community from your school, then this is a web page you need to go to and you really need to, to look at these documents. They have media collections from the Civil War all the way to, um, you know, the current conflicts. It's just, it's really amazing. They even have one that uh, the images, World War II, there was a history teacher in the state of Illinois that had these had these huge books and uh, they were full of pictures um, and they started I think it was the Signal Corps they started on June 10th 1944 in Europe and they are these are pictures I've never seen before but they're from the European theater in World War II and they are uh, high you know I guess high resolution photos and it's just it's an amazing collection if you're really interested in veterans affairs and uh, you really need to check this out and maybe look at it using it for your community you don't have to be in the state of Illinois maybe this is something you need to to have going on in your state so I thought that was super it was really really nice job that they've that they've put together there really nice website and it's all about kids creating content uh, and one of the videos that the kids have to do in order to be on the website is they have to make a video of what they learned. You know, they can watch movies, they can see, they can play video games, they can, you know, be, you know, kids playing Call of Duty or Medal of Honor or something like that. Oh, I know what's going on, you know, and I know what war is like. No, interviewing a person that's been there and uh, researching that, that, that makes a big impact. Uh, the other one was Lodge McCammon, which is just a cool name. Yeah. Um, you know, so he is a, he's totally into kinesthetic learning, getting up and moving around. And he was a keynote speaker on the first day at IETC. And he has these videos that are just really, Jerry, you would like this because he's, he's artistic. I mean, he's very artistic. He plays music. He creates his own songs. Um, and it's just, you really need to take a look at these videos and, Putting these together, how they, how we did it, it was just, it was great. Hmm. Another little, another little thing that people can find and and, and use in their classroom. And they, the videos that they have are, let's see, music videos. They have science, math, social studies, and English. So there you go. So there's that's Lodge. That is a great name. That is a great name. Okay. Uh, oops, did I just? <laughs> I just closed my document, Jerry. <laughs> What's the next link, Jerry? <laughs> uh, Numbershire. Oh, yeah. This is the uh, 
Katya and, and Kathy, have you seen this? Uh, only today. Yeah. Same so here. this is a, a Kickstarter. Um, this is a, a gentleman who contacted me a while back, and it's a pretty cool game. So, you know, check it out. There's a nice little video that goes along here. Uh, it's a K2 math game with story-based approach. So just something different, and they are, where are they at here? Uh, they need some help. <laughs> well, no, we always help them out, though, Jerry. I mean, it always goes up. Kickstarters, we endorse Zach will be donating, um, you know, five I'll, to seven thousand dollars at least. You know? At least, I will make up the difference. Whatever they don't get, I will make up the difference. There. Wow, that's actually on air. You may want to be careful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it a legally binding agreement. Yeah, really not. <laughs> really not. So this is—it's a really cool game. Check it out. See if it's something you're interested in supporting. So, and I'm sorry. That's I think that's it. That's my math level, actually. K two. That might be. That might be a little ahead of where I am right now, but. Uh huh. Learning wise. <laughs> Learning wise. Yeah. Did we get all the links there? Because I feel like I missed one, even though I know that's a ton. No, I we definitely got them all. Okay. Sounds good. Well, yeah. It's, I'm sorry. That was that was too much. Katya and Kathy, I, I apologize there, but hopefully you got something new. You, did yeah, you get some, I've been tweeting all of this. Yeah, there's tons of cool resources there. So um, let's start with uh, Kathy. Kathy, what's so you, the company that you work with is Classroom Inc. Mm -hmm. So you kind of went from you went from the classroom, and then went up, went back to school. Yeah. So my it's funny because my friends from college they will tell you that I love going to school, <laughs> like um, I love going to conferences. I love learn like school is my thing, right? I was a teacher, so um, we like I, learning. I love learning, and so that's why you know school is important. So uh, when I was actually teaching, I um, with Heather got my administrative credential and master's and um, when it was time for me to think about going into administration I did some stuff and I was like no this is not for me but I got <laughs> instead put in uh, charge of a project um, to bring digital media um, to our classrooms and kind of try to make our school more of a STEM magnet um, and that was kind of around the time when I was looking at stuff I couldn't really find anything that I thought was um, easy to use in the classroom. Um, some of the stuff was good, but I couldn't figure out how to fit it into the curriculum, even though we were kind of changing the way we were doing things um, differently in the classroom. So I decided that um, the best way for me to actually make games and make digital media for teachers to use in the classroom was to go back and actually learn how to do it and then become an instructional designer and make them myself. So Very cool. So what does Classroom Inc. do? <laughs> Um, so I, as I mentioned before, uh, we uh, we uh, design and deliver um, literacy learning games for struggling readers. So uh, we actually get a lot of funding to bring um, learning games into classrooms that don't often have the funds or the means to uh, get them. And we provide access and we provide uh, PD, we provide training for teachers on how to implement games into their classrooms, specifically um, ours. And so we just came out with one called After the Storm. Um, the Daily Bite, so the student takes on the role of the editor-in-chief of an online magazine. It takes place the day after a major hurricane hits 
the community. And so the student starts the day off as the editor-in-chief and um, tries to figure out where everybody is, what's going on, what's, you know, what news they need to get out um, to their readers and how to get it out to their readers. And so that kind of is how they started. It's five days at work, um, but it, it, take, it spans over like 20 hours of class time. Wow. So is that, because I'm sitting here in the middle of the country, in the middle of the state that's in the middle of the country in Illinois, and I'm sitting here going, okay, you know, yeah, hurricane. I can think about using that, but we don't have too many hurricanes. Uh, is, there a, is there a way for the landlocked kids <laughs> to make a connection on that? Yeah, so um, the game has a really strong narrative, and it's not really about the hurricane. Okay, okay. So it's really, um, it's that is kind of the story arc that um, progresses throughout each of the days at work. But it's really about, um, it's it's a reading game, so it's really about gathering information, reading informational text, speaking to your coworkers, you know, critical thinking, making decisions. Um, and we also provide surround materials to kind of get students acquainted because we, we do often work in areas where they don't never experience a hurricane. They don't yeah. know what a hurricane is. So we have some surround materials um, about uh, introductory to what's a hurricane and kind of making connections between, you know, if I'm from Michigan, and so tornadoes are a big thing yeah. in Michigan. And so making a connection between, like, how a hurricane um, causes destruction versus how a tornado, you know, make, um, making the connection that way and then kind of putting the student in, in that um, role of thinking of, of it as like your city is destroyed by something, you know, right. by some storm. Right. Um, in this case, it's a hurricane, but you can think of it as a tornado or right. you can think of it as something else. Yeah, the, the, sad, the sad part is that um, November 17th, which earlier this week, um, Monday, uh, is the one-year anniversary of a tornado that was about 40 miles away from us, where I'm at, uh, mm -hmm. the city of Washington, Illinois. Jerry, do you remember that? I do. And uh, it was just, it was horrible. So the sad thing is that we've, we have kids in the area that have experienced something like that. And you're right, Michigan, you know, you can, tornadoes, uh, kids in this area know about tornadoes. So, it, you know, it's, I think there's something to, you know, a plot like that that really sets the stage uh, yeah it's just one part of it but you know getting you're putting the pressure on them that but it gives them surrounding it, it makes it more realistic to mm -hmm. them and especially if you're talking about somebody um, you know out east especially in New Jersey area especially after hurricanes and storms mm -hmm. and such uh, you know it's yeah we all deal with that but that really it really bonds bonds kids together too yeah, yeah, and we have students who, I mean, who in New York City uh, played the game and who have experienced Hurricane Sandy, and um, we have uh, discussion questions and, you know, some off-game off materials so that the students can, can talk about their experiences because um, it's really about, you know, the, the student takes on this role right. and kind of gets immersed in the game, so it's really about their experiences, the students' yeah. experiences. So. Yeah. Um, and it's really powerful to hear, you know, the, the students saying, oh, I, you know, I, I experienced that or, you know, that happened, you know, to us and stuff. So Yeah. So you have, this, you have this whole setting and so they're progressing from, you know, I'm taking over to, you know, a final product. So what's, what are you talking about? What, what's the product that the kids complete? So in each, so there's uh, five days at work. Each day at work takes about three or four class periods. Um, and so you, you have to do day one, and then you can do days two through five in any order after that. 
So at the end of each day at work, there's a major decision that students have to make. So in the first one, it's what um, information um, is most important they want to get to um, their reader. So is it, you know, uh, where um, what grocery stores are open or, you know, where they can go get help, you know, that kind of stuff, or, you know, lost pets. What's most important that everybody's going to need this the day after the hurricane and how to get the information um, to their readers. Are they going to do it through Twitter? Are they going to do it through, you know, flyers and everything? And so it's really based upon all the information they gather and everything, everybody that they talk to, that they make the decision and then they see how their decision plays out. So in the end of episode um, or day one, if they choose Twitter, it uh, plays out in a positive way because throughout the day you find out that people have access um, to they, they have access to chargers and you know their generators where they, so that the uh, towers are still working and they have access to internet and nobody's really going outside. So if you put up flyers, not as many people are going to get information as if you put it on Twitter. So each um, day, at the end of each day, there's a major decision that they have to that they have to make. And so um, that's kind of each uh, each part of the day. You kind of lead up to that decision. Now, do um, is this is free? Yeah. So right now we're actually offering it for free to um, educators and parents um, through June 2015. So if you go to the dailybyte.org, D-A-I-L-Y-B-Y-T-E dot O-R-G, um, and you request an account, you can actually request an account for as many classes as you want, um, and it's free through. June 2015. Okay, and it's, I'm guessing it's a possibility that it could be, there could be a charge down the road? Um, yeah, it's, right now we're offering it for free and there hasn't really been um, discussion about any um, charges, but we just, you know, we try to make everything available. <laughs> yeah, um, and, it's, and it's easy, all the, the lesson planning and everything is all, it's all right there? Um, yeah, so when you log in, you'll get uh, we will actually provide access to a guide, and then there is a, a teacher's guide and um, a bunch of surround materials that we're going to uh, make available on our website. But we have a lot of materials and resources already available on our website that you can check out if you want. Okay, and then I see here that it's all um, related to uh, Common Core, ELA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the game assesses um, for uh, Common Core uh, Reading for Informational Text Standards. It's at the sixth grade level, but it's not made just for sixth graders. It's made for struggling students at the sixth grade level, reading level. And then we also address 21st century and workplace skills because okay. students are in a workplace, and so they have to learn how to work with each other. Well, that's crazy talk. Go figure, I know. <laughs> what is wrong with you guys? Okay. It's so, a crazy idea, but we're trying. I know. Well, and I, I've, I'm getting a lot of ideas, and this is something that I, I'm going to share out to my uh, the school I'm at and just see if anybody, you know, bites on it. Oh, see, <laughs> see how I did that? Yeah. Um, so, and then I also have some other things. Uh, Kathy, um, that we'll, we'll talk about later, but connecting and get the, getting this out to um, other groups, especially within the state of Illinois, because I think this is this is good stuff. This is really yeah. good stuff. And I mean, we totally uh, we love working with teachers. I mean, this is why we why we do make these products is to um, help teachers uh, close that achievement gap um, with their students. And so we love to hear feedback and. Um, I'm working together to put together an advisory uh, panel right now to help us, you know, make these games better. We're um, in the process of developing another game right now, so 
Um, can you, you can you tell us that, or is that top secret? Uh, well, we're still trying to decide right now what career it's going to be, but it takes place. It's the same city, um, so it's just it's going to be somewhere. It's somewhere else, so not at the online magazine, but another okay. uh, workplace. Well, I got I, there are two jobs that would be you know like you c can't get any better than this. You're either going to be a um, a high school digital arts teacher, <laughs> or maybe a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher, because it it, it, it doesn't get any doesn't get any better than that. Just I, you know, I will add those to the list. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure those are high interest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I want to do. I don't think so. Okay, so um, okay, we'll come back, Kathy. I, I want to make sure that I get Katya too, and then I want to bring it back together because you guys are both. Uh, your connection is really getting resources out to teachers. So, uh, Katya, you. I mean, I know you both wear many hats, but Katya, what's you? What's the main hat that you wear? Um, my, I would say my main hat is the user testing lead position at BrainPop and then also um, co-moderating with Steve Isaacs, our EdTechBridge community on Twitter, which both of those things are about getting resources out to teachers and also connecting EdTech developers with teachers. So one place to look for an advisory board for um, after the storm and other classrooming stuff is the EdTechBridge community. We <laughs> for you to yeah. check that out. You didn't know that. For the user testing stuff that I do at BrainPop, I, uh, I work with teachers and students um, both in classrooms around New York uh, and also virtually in classrooms around the country. I Skype into all kinds of classrooms and then I talk to teachers on the phone a lot, um, getting feedback on all different things that we do at BrainPop. I, I focus a lot on GameUp because I'm also the project manager there, but that's not my only um, user testing focus. I also work on anything new that we're doing on BrainPop and BrainPop ESL and BrainPop Junior. Um, so I cover a lot of areas. So I, I, I have that dream job of being able to see what the design teams are focusing on and also going into schools and working with, in classrooms with teachers and kids and bringing their feedback back to our design teams. Um, so really the goal is to, con to make sure that teachers' voices and students' voices are heard in the design and the development process. And then we also are working with tons of partners like Classroom Inc. and Kathy and mm -hmm. other um, nonprofits and museums and, and uh, universities and other people who are making cool educational games and putting them up on Game Up. And so it's so the other half of my job is forming partnerships with people who are making awesome games. So I kind of I have this big networking role even though I'm very much in the production process. So it is a lot of hats. Um, it, but I think yeah, it has a cool intersection. Yeah, very cool. And I'm, I just have to ask, because, you know, he's a good friend of mine, but um, did you do you happen to know Mike Jones? I do know Mike Jones. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know, you know that uh, he is, uh, we work together because he's, we're in neighboring cities. So I work with him a lot. So just small world, but yeah, Mike is Mike is an amazing amazing science teacher. So yeah, and, um, and someone we reach out to a lot for um, for.
for advice and feedback on what we're yeah. doing at Brain Health. Yeah, I, I get buttons and bookmarks from him too, and from others. <laughs> you know, because I I showed I at at the conference I went to down in Springfield, I got my cool Brain Pop buttons and bookmarks, and the kids are like, "Give me!" Yeah, yeah. They, just, they love that stuff. They love this stuff. So Brain Pop, it's there. There are some free things that they offer, especially the game up, which yep. is just amazing, and I share that all the time. Uh, I'm a huge Brain Pop fan, um, and you know, of course, there's subscriptions for the the videos, but the content of of the questions and having a teacher account and student account and being able to track what the students are doing and how well they're doing on certain uh, videos, uh, and then you guys have added a ton. I think that's a whole show in itself of all the new things that you guys have been adding. Uh, yeah. The mind mapping and and uh, the filter, the the little boxes things. So uh, yeah. there's a ton of stuff there, and as you know, as a gaming and education podcast, I'm hoping that you guys are going to increase your game number. Uh, we, you know. we are. We're working on it, and um, we have a lot of ideas about the future of game up. Not only increasing the number of games, but other ways to be innovative with it. So that'll you know hopefully those ideas will come to fruition yeah. over this year. So the so we we love Brain Pop, but the EdTech Bridge is the next thing, which is, you know, what Kathy, you know, is really doing is 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 her company is really bridging the gap between teachers and, and educators and, and right. trying to, you know, build that up. And Brain Pop does a great job in bringing educators in and having them uh, field test and, and put content help bring content to teachers and high quality content. So what what is this what is this ed tech bridge thing that so I keep hearing about? EdTech Bridge um, was born out of a South by Southwest EDU panel that I did with a teacher and brain pop guru and games leader Steve Isaacs, um, who is a partner of mine professionally. I, I've been to his classroom a few times to test out Brain Pop stuff and to test out uh, E-Line stuff when I was working at E-Line Media. Um, and we decided that more ed tech developers and teachers should have that kind of relationship where we can just call on each other all the time for feedback and for um, professional development. So we took that idea to South by Southwest EDU to just kind of pose it as here's a problem and the problem is that educators and ed tech developers live in these two different worlds and they don't really communicate enough in our opinion, how do we solve that problem? And there were a lot of answers that came out of the talk. One of them was, have a Twitter chat. We're all on Twitter. We should talk about this once a week. So we did, and we started in April. We're still going now um, in November. We chat once a week at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesdays, and each week we have a different topic, but it's something about bridging the gap between teachers and ed tech entrepreneurs, ed tech creators. Um, and what's been really cool about EdTech Bridge is that a lot of partnerships have come out of it where we have facilitated teachers and ed tech startups or ed tech companies to connect and work with each other outside of the Twitter chat. So they're on Google Hangout and they're emailing stuff back and forth and they're trying out prototypes of a new product in their classrooms and sending feedback. So just that's the, that's the idea is to make these connections between the two worlds so it's a place where uh, teachers and ed tech entrepreneurs can come together to make products better for students. And so that's bridge. Yes, it, no, it's it's uh, it's awesome, and now it's turning into a place where 
you know, like Brain Pop would be, hey, I need something on this topic, and I'll say, you need to go to Brain Pop, okay, because we have it. You need to use that. Now I, I have people, especially for, with the podcast, hey, I, got, I have this game that I'm working on. Now I'm starting to say, you need to go to EdTech Bridge and yeah. check this out. So um, because uh, a, I think he's a Marine. I don't know if he was on tonight or he contacted or he was looking at the uh, that at the community, but I'll just call him John. His name's Johnny, and he has a company called uh, Pillar Games, and so I added that link down at the bottom. So he and some other um, uh, you know service members have on you know on the side have been doing and putting together this this game. So um, something to to check out, I think it's it's kind of cool. The um, uh, let's see, I want to I don't have it full screen here, but um, so but he thanked me, you know, he said, hey, thanks for this website because I think he's starting to make connections and uh, for this game and trying to get to teachers and trying to get ideas from other developers and and putting that out. So um, it's called Quiz Hero. So we'll add it in the links, but it it cool. looks looks pretty cool. Uh, Jerry, I knew you would like the graphics. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Looks nice. Yeah, it's nice little uh, graphics there. So, but that's that's the whole purpose of EdTech Bridge is is bringing people together and helping each other out. Because the one thing that I found, especially in the uh, games and learning community, is that um, there's a lot of different groups and it's growing exponentially. But the one thing that I hope that they all keep is that everybody's helping out each other because the goal is to get uh, an alternative way of assessing which games are uh, and bring that to teachers and make it easier for teachers to integrate and the whole purpose is to help kids mm -hmm. so what was the what's the what's next week's topic um, well next week we may not have it because it's Thanksgiving Eve oh yeah that, that would be um, yeah. yeah I pulled people at the end Looks looks like a lot of people will be busy. Um, yeah. Two weeks from now, we threw out some suggestions at the end. There's two contenders. One is early childhood education ed tech and what it what it looks like to develop for our youngest learners. <laughs> and the other one is uh, a new acronym, which I already forgot. What did I say it was? AFAS. Oh, AFAS. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is alternative formative <laughs> assessment strategies. Um, oh, which, look at which you. Themes would be. I've obviously, the number one thing that comes to my head there is an alternative assessment strategy. So either one of those topics are, are coming up soon, probably in two weeks from now. And and both Kathy, I mean, you know, after the uh, the storm, um, that's talk about alternative assessment. I mean, that's that's just a totally different way, a different path, uh, project-based, you know, learning. And um, you know, and then the games and uh, that EdTech Bridge and you know developers are coming together. Those are alternative ways of assessing, and it's so important to find the ways that our students are able to express what they know. Um, and it's it's a constant. I'm telling you now. I know you both are educators, and you know things change, and you've seen the changes in the last five, ten years. But that's one of the biggest struggles. And Jerry, you're definitely in a situation with art education where you, alternative assessments, you, you have to find many different ways. Kids express themselves in, in numerous ways. And yeah, agreed. 
Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it's a, assessments are becoming such a big part that, you know, I mean, they're not only are they part of our evaluation, but coming up with different types of assessments is now part of our evaluation as well. So, And the struggle is because if you have alternate forms and not multiple guest tests, multiple guest tests, multiple choice tests are easy to quantify. But is that really what they know? That's that's my biggest uh, question. Yeah, it's by a lot of people that want data, but it's one of the most difficult things to put data to. Right, right. But then, if you have a um, a project like After the Storm, or if you're using Minecraft or Civilization, or you know whatever game it is, having a rubric and it's it's uh, subjective. It's you know mm -hmm. what do they know and how can you principals and administration and and school boards have a difficult time? Is it a trust thing, Jerry? <laughs> They're not trusting what you know, the scores that we're coming up with, it's just, I don't know. No, you know what, I don't know. It's always the the person looking over the other shoulder. You know, everybody's selling it to somebody else. Staff's selling it to principals, principals selling it to board members, or, or to uh, superintendents. Superintendents are selling it to board members, board members selling it to the public. And, you know, it's just a round and round type right. thing, I think. And how, Kathy, how does, I mean, I know using Common Core, and, you know, I haven't looked through this whole thing, but I'm guessing there's some type of assessments in here. Um, you know, is that, how do you, I guess, how do you fit that in to where schools, teachers, administrators can say, oh, yes, this is what we need to do? Yeah, so um, we, we call them embedded assessments because they're embedded in the games, but they're workplace activities. So when students go in and play the game and um, they have something that they have to do, such as, um, figure out what important information they're going to get out to the public or something like that. It's, it's the assessment is part of something that they're already going to do. And um, we do provide a score for it, but the score um, is, I mean, it's, format, it's formative, right? So yeah. it's meant for the teacher to actually go back to the student's work and see what they did and how they did. And also right. the game guides students. So it adapts to the students a little bit. So if they meet a certain threshold, they'll... Um, their next workplace activity is something that's a little bit harder, a little bit longer at a higher reading level. And if they're not really, um, if they're struggling in that activity, they actually move to what we call a support activity, something that is shorter at the same reading level but easier. And um, there's kind of like a guided, what we call, um, we call him super ed, but he's kind of like a, a coach to the student, <laughs> um, kind of guiding the student on the actual skill um, of what they're assessed on. So. Um, but it's merely to provide information to the teacher on skills that the students are struggling with or um, doing really well in. Mm -hmm. um, so the teacher has a dashboard and they have access to all that information. Uh, but we try to make it so that it's not a test, right? It's something that the student has to do to succeed in the game mm -hmm. um, as opposed to something where it's like, um, oh, you throw a basketball. Answer the ten questions, and then you may get more points. Like we're trying to completely embed it so that it's it's seamless, right? You just it's something you have to do. Right. Well, I think one of the great things about games, one of the great things games do. This has become the hot topic in our school now with with our assessments is the the depth of knowledge of questions and assessments. I don't know how far around that term goes, um, but it's it's just enormous in our district right now, and in so much of our uh, so many assessments in the core subjects 
Um, and this is one one area where the arts are actually ahead because we don't we don't really use assessments that are you know multiple choice tests or usually your depth of knowledge one just very shallow respond you know rote memorization type things and uh, games have always been a little bit better than that you know I mean there have been some games that just do it we've always seen those as like the chocolate covered broccoli type of games you know you get that you get those those games that really you know things like quandary that make you think more and um, those deeper levels of you know being able to assess that on those deeper levels I think will really be beneficial it'll you know administrators will like that that's where I'm going with that. Being able to <clears throat> to see games assess on a deeper level, and kids want to participate. Yeah. And I think you know, for Kathy with with After the Storm, you you have a certain niche, niche or whatever, you know, uh, pocket that you that you're looking at because it's 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 gathering information to help out the teacher, and that's mm -hmm. that's kind of what you're doing. Brain Pop is, I, I think. You have the videos. You have the basic questions, which inform the teachers. Do they understand it? You can take it at a higher level. But what's interesting is that the games and now these new tools that you've added are having uh, are adding different ways to assess the students. Yeah. So the mapping and the, uh, the, the it's called this right the snap thought tool. Yeah. Taking a screenshot of the game and writing a quick comment on it. I've actually been doing a lot of user testing around that recently. And what's cool about it is, I mean, when I, I used to teach with games in my classroom, and interrupting a class full of students while they're playing a video game is just like they want to kill you. You know, they're like, everyone pause the game and turn around and face me. Now let's talk about where you're at. And they're just like, no, I, no, I would rather like, yeah, I, just <laughs> smash the computer. Um, but they they will if you say, you know, when I turn off the lights, take a snapshot of the game and yes. write a strategy for what you're doing. And they don't even have to turn away from the screen no. or they don't really they don't even load a different web page. They just take a snapshot, which is a tool embedded in the in BrainPop, write a few sentences um, or less of what they're doing depending on the prompt the teacher gave them hit submit and then keep playing and then the teacher has this snapshot of where they were yeah. in the game with their comments on it so that's it's a, kind of a nice great. medium that we can nice. use across games and that's really our our point because we host lots of different games and we have some awesome stuff like after the storm we have day one up on on game up and which um, you know teachers can get a printout of day one even from brain pop and then move over to classroom inc if they want to continue the experience. But not all of our games have that kind of information. So trying to think of what can we do that could be across multiple games so teachers could still get information, formative, alternative formative assessment strategy. <laughs> so yeah, that's been a, an interesting uh, project for us. I think that's really a strength too in that you know, when we talk about those higher level questions and, and those thinking skills, anytime that there's reflecting and looking on, like you're talking about with that snapshot, it enters that those higher level, um, you know, depth of knowledge. And the problem is people can design those questions on standard tests, but there's no way to accumulate and assess that data rapidly. And that's what the game is doing. It's giving you a platform mm -hmm. to do that, which I think is why it's so powerful. Yeah. Okay. We've covered a lot of bases. This is this has been great. Um, do you, because it's it's kind of getting to my bedtime, and it's <laughs> it's past mine. It's past Jerry's. I mean, he. I'm surprised he's not drooling. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, so, do you, any last, Kathy? Any last comments? 
Um, I mean, I just think that it's really important um, to, I mean, for us especially to think of the teacher and to think of the students and wor what works best for the teacher because if you create a great game but the teacher has no way to know how to use it, it's, it, it can essentially become useless, right? Um, and it, it just ends up being something that either gets forgotten or put to the side because the teacher doesn't have time to figure out how to use it. So, I mean, I would just say that, um, you know, the teacher is key, and that's why we love working with them, and that's why, you know, we create these games for them. Awesome. Katya? I mean, agreed. <laughs> and I guess to add on to that, it's not only making games accessible and easily usable in the classroom, but also making sure that uh, they can be found. So you could have a great game that's hiding in the corner of the internet, and if you're not connecting with the community to try to get it out there, then it's it's never, teachers don't have the time to Google and find it on their own. So that's why things like EdGamer and like EdTech Bridge and like GameUp on BrainPop are, are, I think, key for bringing these great alternative assessment games to the forefront and making them accessible for teachers in classrooms. So good distribution, good support materials, um, and that's what will really make a good game a success in the classroom. Very cool. Thank you. Jerry? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Jerry can go to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's EdGamer podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us. Remember, we're doing updates. This will be on YouTube, and it'll be after December 7th before this goes on the website and on iTunes and Stitcher. And also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Black. Black. <laughs>